Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Conversations with Cornelius. I am your host, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan. This podcast is brought to you by the West Cork Beard Company. It is a beard company down in West Cork. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's a company, and it deals with beards. You've got a foxy beard yourself, the guy that's sitting across from me right now. How are you? Uh, thank you very much. Was that a compliment? Uh, yeah, because mine is foxy too. Yeah, so I couldn't insult it. I mean, it's exotic when I travel to um, far-flung nations of the world, so... Where is it exotic? What, what, like Drum Tariff? Yeah, 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 yeah. They wouldn't have many beards back in Drum, uh, drum Tariff. That is that is true. Last week's podcast, guys, I want to say thank you to everybody who's got in touch about last week's podcast. Absolutely fantastic uh, episode um, with Ty Kiki and Dominic McHale. Um, absolutely... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think it's probably my favourite podcast to, to date. But I'm this one uh, isn't... What about my, my previous efforts? Did I not... Uh have you have you listened to last week's podcast? I, I didn't. Yeah, I well, didn't. You see, you like if you had, then I'd be able to argue. Uh, you, you said one of your favourites. So I assume I'm up there. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have been the... Yeah. You know, I'm a master of body yeah. language, so I can, I can sense where you're lying. <sighs> Uh, May is almost gone. <laughs> the month of May. Good transition in Ferris. It's, it's almost past us. I am delighted to be this uh, this um, this month. It means we're back playing football, back football training, which mm. is which is great. I'm in my I think seventeenth season playing with the with the seniors. Mm. When I say seniors, it's a senior football. That sounds very impressive. It's actually mm. junior A football. I love the way that I asked you about the month of May and you brought it into your own personal, um, you know, like <laughs> back to yourself again, which is interesting because it's going to be about this this. Podcast is all about egos, and the guy that's sitting across from me, guys, has no ego. He has no ego. No ego, you would say. <laughs> <laughs> a small bit of an ego, but you have to have an ego when you're, um, when you're on stage. We are on stage, no matter what you do, rather if it's a musician or a comedy or an actor or, or whatever, or magician, organic footballer, or organic for footballer, seventeen, eighteen years, then especially then you have to have an ego. Mm. Friends, at the show, yeah. I actually just realised that that was the show. Oh, no, I don't. I think it's nonsense. Uh, the show itself? The show itself, or, yeah. Or, or friends in general? No, friend, like the show, I'm talking about the show, is they, they did a kind of a 17-year a, a reunion show. It's on yeah. television there at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe... Did you watch the original one? I watched a few episodes, yeah. Phoebe Buffet. Buffet was her name. She used to annoy me, but she used to be intentionally dopey. Uh, that used to irk me. Uh, you so like your dopes to be properly <laughs> dopey. <laughs> to be authentically dopey. No, I can get behind that fella <laughs> because he's a pure dope. So but this girl over here, no, smelly cat. Uh, no, there was something about it. I couldn't take her at all. Chandler was quite funny. But uh, uh, yeah, it was very popular. I remember being in secondary school and we used to, actually all my friends and I we used to watch a lot with Father Tate back in the glory mm. days. Yeah, Our friends was all right. It's, there's, a, there's a touch of nostalgia off it. Like uh, Joey... Has piled on a few of the pounds. A few of the pounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chandler is not dead, which is good. Chandler's not dead, and the girls all have, they all look like they have plastic surgery. Obviously, I don't want Courtney now or Jennifer to be fucking WhatsApping me now tonight, going, <laughs> "How dare you say that about me? I haven't, I've had no work done." 
and I'd be like, just imagine if imagine if I got a text off. When I, I'd be like, Noel, <sighs> see ya. <laughs> <laughs> How old are they though? What's the story? Uh, with I suppose are they in their fifties? They could be in their fifties. Yeah, yeah, it could be in fifties. I know Chandler. This, what's his character? What's his real life name? Um, Matt, d- Matt, Matt LeBanc. No, uh, that's Joey. That's isn't Joey. It? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, whatever. Matt Damon. No. <laughs> what the fuck is Chandler Bing's name? Yeah, uh, whatever. He's some serious issues in regards to drugs and alcohol. Did he not? Sure so don't we all? For fuck's sake. Yeah, that was fair enough. You know. Um, but he does look haggard. He does look. They all look haggard. And like this. Yeah. Like even with all their. Actually, Lisa Kudrow, who plays Phoebe, uh, looked great. I thought she looked great. Oh, and you know what? We shouldn't be talking about their looks anyway. But like at the same time. I'm 44 and I'm judging these and I'm going to be in six years' time. I'm no oil painting. Um, so I'm I just don't say that about yourself. Okay. Actually, you look uh, at your, your beard, the way it's growing back. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. It's, you know, you it's, I don't know, it's, hide, it's beginning to hide more and more of your face, so which is <laughs> which is quite nice. No, I think you look almost like a skateboarder with your hat on today <laughs> and uh, kind of tanned as well, so you're obviously out in the garden. Oh, yeah, big time. I'd be, I'd be known as a bit of a gardener right in the gardening world, to be honest about it. Bitcoin, have you got any? Uh, Bitcoin, I was going to invest in Bitcoin back in the day, but I didn't, yeah. and so that's a shame. Yeah. Um, how much is a single solitary Bitcoin now? It was thir- It was 60 grand a couple of weeks ago. It's down to like 30 grand now. Oh, so it's plummeting. Yeah, but apparently it's going to go down to 22, and then it's going to go all the way back up to 80. How can people predict this? Well, how, like this fellow on TikTok predicted what's happening at the oh, moment. Oh, TikTok? Yeah. But oh. he's already predicted this, like, he's in, in some dweeb inside in a room Wait, over Did he America. predict it after the fact, or did he actually predict no, it No, predicted beforehand, because he was able to share the video, like, Two months ago, when it happened, like oh, you very know? Good. yeah. So, okay. are you going to invest? So, I've no money, man. I've <laughs> <laughs> no money. I, like, I haven't gigged in uh, eighteen months, or f- like, fucking, like I know the pandemic is only twelve, but like, no one had booked me before that. So you could you remortgage <laughs> the the old house and fucking, you know? We just moved in here, man. There was no one it's here. A, by the way, it's a fine house. It's my first time doing a podcast in this particular room. This so is the John Hume War Room. Yeah, I think it looks uh, marvelous. Actually, a lot of uh, last mm-hmm. stuff happening. It looks pretty ancient. Jesus um, Christ. What, what about Jesus Christ? He's also trending on Twitter. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was trying. The lead. Friends, Bitcoin, May is almost gone, and Jesus Christ. Oh, these are your four topics of conversation. Yeah, I'm just trying to f- appear like that. I've, you know, I'm up with things. You're so well versed. So, what I do is I go on to Twitter, I see what's trending. I'm like, <laughs> this is popular. I'm going to sashay these into the conversation at the start. People are going to go, what a conversationalist. And isn't he really up to date with modern issues? Uh, well informed, man. What about Jesus? How, why, he's gone ages ago. Why is he fucking well, He's fucking now? back, man. Back he's trending today anyway. Yeah. What, did, what did he do? Is, did he, did I didn't go into it. No, like, Jesus Christ. Just, just <laughs> Jesus is back. He's just, he's trending today anyway. Like. Listen, what about the aliens? Are the, the CIA, the American government, going to um, reveal certain information about aliens or some sort of sightings? Have or you heard, uh, is, is that, is that going to happen? Is uh, it? Well, they're going to reveal certain information, yeah. <laughs> Apparently there were some um, some sightings, um, not just from some Joe Soap in the Southern States of America, but uh, from actual Navy pilots. And of aliens. A video footage of these kind of well, I don't want to call them aliens, but these this aircraft doing unbelievable nu- maneuvers, you know, mm. that couldn't or shouldn't we shouldn't have the capabilities at the moment to perform. So, but I'm s- if they're around, why why aren't they taking us over? Like, if they have got this technology that are able to do all, all, all look, all there is a theory out there that they are already have taken us maybe over. Maybe we are aliens. Maybe we originated from a different planet, Carlos. So I think we came. F- well, we did. I did a podcast with John on the 420 podcast, and he talks about the Anunnaki, which Anunnaki. is came, which came from. They're an alien race that came from Nibiru, a planet, Nibiru. a couple of 450 million light years away. And then they came to Earth. Then there was like homin- hominoids or Neanderthals. Mm. And they kind of, 
you know, they fucked those guys. Why would you why would you have sex with them? So they could use them as their slaves to um get all the gold out of the oceans. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, hardly, yeah, that's it. That's exactly why they would do that. Ladies and gentlemen, um um today's guest is um the mind guy. He's backstage there and I'm gonna bring him on stage. He's a mentalist, he's a magician, he's a philosopher, he's a comedian, he's done a little bit of acting as well, uh, uh in, in the little sketches we did years ago. Uh ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for the mind guy <sighs> thank you thank you very much by the way what we were just talking about that was on the podcast i didn't i wasn't just talking to you with a microphone well that, that, like that was on the podcast what was on the podcast you know we were talking about the jesus christ the yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. just wondering that's all on that the podcast yeah. that would be super weird if you no, were I just across the way from the table with a microphone in my hand and you no, no, and okay. just press play there, and <laughs> we were just having that conversation <laughs> between ourselves yeah, randomly, like I, I wasn't for sure. no one. Okay, that's great. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That I was. I don't want to waste my time here. Like your it. time well, like, is precious. You're on the clock at the moment as on well. The clock. And uh, am I paying you for this again? Well, you no, said you give me shares. No, no, I think it shares was of the company. When you were like, "Is there anything, f- anything being uh, transacted?" And I was like, "No, nothing, no money or anything." And you were like, "Okay, I'll still do it." Like, and I was like, "Great." Anything <laughs> for a bit of attention, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, mind guy. Yes, sir. What is magic? Magic. Some people would describe magic as the art of deception. Um, some people describe it as entertainment. Some people would see it as a supernatural, paranormal. Um, I myself, I would see it as, as a mixture of all. You know, uh, for me, magic is to, uh, I suppose, bring a person to um, along with you on a trip, and to make them to believe in the impossible, to forget their mundane happenings, whatever's happening in their world at that minute, and maybe give them the. The, the belief that maybe there's something more out there, something that they can't fathom. Uh, so maybe that's, for me, that's that's magic. Illusion, close-up magic, mentalism, escapology, yeah. street magic, seance, pickpocket magic, comedy magic. Is magic real? Is magic real? Well, what is real? No. But I mean, if it, ha- <laughs> if it, ha- if it happens in the yeah. mind of the spectator, if they see it as real, well, then it's real. Obviously, there's a lot of psychological uh, and mechanical methods. So when it comes to magic and how to perform magic, you could use uh, misdirection, w- which we'll talk about a little bit later, both physical and uh, verbal misdirection. Uh, is that real? Yes, I would say it is real. Uh, you could uh, use psychology. You could use sociology to uh, manipulate your audience. Uh, so yes, I would consider magic real to a certain degree. When you're seeing illusions and maybe levitations and stuff like that, that's more mechanical, and obviously there's a uh, there's trickery or chicanery behind um, illusions such as that. As I assume most people at home would uh, would understand, you know. I mean, yeah. it's very rare that a person can levitate ten foot into the air and stay in the air for minutes at a time. And if they could, why aren't they doing it every day? Exactly, and you wouldn't be charging you know two hundred euro show. Yeah. Probably not. Like. No, you wouldn't. You'd, you'd be a great window cleaner for skyscrapers. You'd be very he- fair handy. Yeah. No equipment needed. No, none whatsoever. The origins of magic go back, go back into the annals of time. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> magic is very interesting. I, I think modern magic can be a bit mundane, humdrum, and whatnot. But magic back in the golden years of magic, even back before then, like magic was recorded way back in the Roman Empire. Way back in ancient uh, Greece, during Plato's, uh, Plato's time, back in the what is it, 320 BC, all the way back to 2700, the first magic trick was recorded in ancient Egypt by a magician called Didi, uh, who performed an old, or well, I suppose, a very basic version of the cups and balls. And he performed this, uh, apparently, now obviously you can't say it with 100% proof, but apparently he also decapitated the head of a chicken and restored it. So in front of a pharaoh. So that's uh, can you imagine that 
imagine like mm. 2700 years ago that's back in i suppose the bronze age the tail into the kind of neolithic age so it goes goes to show how far back well if you even if you even go from. into mythology if you go into we'll say irish mythology mm. which is even further back yeah there's uh, and if you look at like you know all the kings and all the queens and there was witches and there yeah. was wizards and there was like even like Fionn McCool like uh, his whole story of, of about the, with the salmon and knowledge that this salmon was swimming in this r in this river and was nine chestnut trees um, w and each one of their chestnut trees carried a magical ability of knowledge and a conquer fell into from each one fell into the river the salmon at the conquers and there was an old poet called Fergus, I think I've it written down here, Fingus, um, he was trying to catch this salmon for seven years yeah. because apparently once you catch the salmon, you're going to be embodied with all this knowledge yourself. And then uh, Fionn, Mc he caught it and he got Fionn McCool to, to gut it yeah. and, um, and, and cook it for him. But as he, cook, as he was cooking, a splinter went onto his tongue and yeah, he sucked the splinter and he gained, immediately gained the knowledge of the world. But like this is, these... That's so funny you mentioned that. I remember being in school <laughs> and learning about that, but I couldn't remember the details such as that. It's yeah, that's, yeah, that's, well that's I really interesting. I was looking up during the week. There's <laughs> no, there's no two, there's no, but I, but I, di I did know the, the basics yeah, of that yeah. story because I always, I always thought that was fantastic. Who Cullen was another unbelievable uh, warrior who, who apparently possessed, you know, um, he was in battles, he was able to transform. I can't, there's an old Irish word for it now, but he was able to transform into it like almost a different creature and be unstoppable. Almost like a changeling, so in a way. Almost like a changeling. Yeah, very good. And like these are, these are images, and these are, I suppose, these are long-lasting myths or legends about magic that kind of go beyond. So when I kind of asking, like, is magic real? I know, like, that when you go to a magic show per se, yeah, that magic, that what's going on there is at best, it's art. It's an art form. It's an art form. Right, at exactly. best, it's sleight of hand or whatever yeah. kind of carry on. But like, do you could do you think that potentially? there is magic on this on this place yeah well some people say there's certain connotations the words you use and with uh with numbers and and whatnot um, mm -hmm. that you can i suppose uh what is magic the way you portray yourself the way maybe you say a certain thing over and over and you repeat that saying i know you're a massive into the laws of attraction is mm -hmm. that magic would you consider that magic well I, I would consider like affirmations almost like incantations or spells um, yeah. I, I would consider them like, but you can use the word prayer there as well. Then, if you're into, if you're, they're very, interche in very know, interchangeable. Yeah, very interchangeable. Like, but uh, getting back to the the magic, like we'll say old world magic, like voodoo and and all that kind of carry on. Like, I mean, there's definitely chicanery and a bit of trickery going on. There, but there's uh, for me, there's always there's always something as well. There's something there that's y yeah, indes like indescribable. When it comes to voodoo, at its essence, yeah, yeah. When you come to voodoo, like when you're dealing with people's beliefs and um, with religion, um, it does become serious. And and when you're dealing with a person, their beliefs, and if they do believe in something, and whether that's a kind of uh, I don't know, a placebo type effect, but if you're going to tell them that something's going to happen to them in, in regards to their body, and if they firmly believe in you, well, then it could have negative uh, connotations and their physical being just because they're constantly thinking about it, worrying about it, stressed about it. Uh, voodoo itself, very interesting, originated, I think, from West Africa around the Nigeria region, uh, uh, especially during the slave trade when they were transported, I suppose, from the African continent to the, to the Americas. It kind of um, went from there to, to America. It's still very popular and pre prevalent in Louisiana, uh, down the deep south of America, where voodoo does take place. Um, voodoo, actually, there is a mixture of the Catholic religion, along with voodoo, along with a kind of multitude of other religions. 
Uh, Minister Preev said I took part in a voodoo ceremony in Havana with a, a Babylon high priest of the Santeria religion. And although I find it fascinating, and I found him when he was chugging the bones about, I did find it um, interesting. But you know, for me, it had no significant bearing on my life because I came in, I suppose, initially with a sceptical eye. Whereas if a person was, you know, more, I wouldn't say open mind, but if a person really believed in that sort of stuff, maybe the things he was telling me, and if I had that belief they would have more kind of a pronounced effect on me. Yeah. You know, because he, he highlighted issues in regards to my health, uh, which is, uh, to be honest, it was uh, what was it was far off, like, it was far... But then again, if I believed what he was saying, maybe I would have stressed myself, I would have worried myself, whereas I would have got these physical ailments or these, yeah. you know, caused by my own stressing. And yeah, and, and so and he was like a bit of a spoofer. He was a complete spoofer, yeah. A he was spoofer. He was a complete <laughs> spoofer altogether. But he what was, about he was the... Like, and, and that, yeah, like... And that's cool, that's, and that's first-hand ex- experience as well. Um, I, I follow a few witches on TikTok, Irish witches, and yeah. they're just normal people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're talking about bringing, you know, old... Like, there was a full moon there during the week, right? Yeah. And uh, there was a witch on TikTok saying, this is what you need to do in, in a full moon. Write down um, uh, things that you want to let go. If you've, ha- if you've had an f- argument with anyone, if you, fee- if you have negativity towards anyone, if you have anything negative in your... Write it down, and then under the full moon, light it on fire right um, setting it free and then dance under the full moon right so right this is the, twi- <laughs> it's the 26th so you got naked what day is today today is the, the 28th the 26th of may is this this was only two days ago two yeah. months ago so i did that <laughs> i got out a pen and paper here just before i went to bed and i wrote down <laughs> three things that i wanted to get out of my life yeah that i had been thinking about and i burnt them and i, w- I did a little bit of a jig under the under the full moon what kind of dance were you, were you just twerking kind of like you know kind of mid-90s rave kind of like you bit know, of grinding you know, bit of ah okay yeah, yeah. kind of like robotic very good <laughs> you know you know you know that i can move you know i can move well you just show me right People there you can't see it because it's a podcast but i can move very impressive uh so i only did like maybe 30 seconds of it i was, gonna say I was 30 like minutes no <laughs> i was there for a half an hour yeah 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 i took a couple of yokes <laughs> i was there for four days <laughs> I'm still there. This is actually an <laughs> hallucination I'm having from it. I'm not actually here. <laughs> um, but I don't know, because I saw this witch on TikTok, this Irish, who's a perfectly normal yeah. person who's talking about these old ancient ways of getting, you know, like this, like, like ridding yourself of pain or like these like cures or this little incantation or, or add this to this yeah. and, you know, burn sage to get rid of the spirits and the thing. I like that. I don't know. Is it? Do I like? Do I believe it because I like it and it makes me feel safer? But I, I feel it sometimes. Worst case scenario is going to have a, a good positive mental effect on you. Yeah. That that's what I would say. Worst case scenario. What, what I mean, what harm is going to do? Yeah, but I, I want more than someone's going. Oh, sure. Look, God loves his harm. Look at him. Oh God, love us! He's into witches. Look at him, yeah, he's dancing out there. He just have to burn up. He's, <laughs> he's, he's hateless. Oh God, love him. Yeah, but I wouldn't dismiss anything. I would, I, w- I would be quick to dismiss anyone or anything. <laughs> you know, your belief is your belief, and if you think that's got to work, then that's got to work. You know, I yeah. mean, who who am I or who is anybody else to pour water on in, in, in somebody's? Well, uh, you're the mind guy, man. You're the you're the man. Get the bucket out, fill it up, like and you it. You've just dispelled a voodoo artist. I'm l- I want this witch now on TikTok. I want you to. What's her name? I'll track her out. We could be. I'll, like have, to fi- I'll have to find it afterwards. But she's actually like. I was doing some poetry on TikTok there recently I, I, um, in the morning. I, I see a lot of poetry books, actually. This, uh, this app is very good. I was reading some Patrick Kavanagh. Oh, very good. On TikTok. I did a TikTok live the other day, and I, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to read some poetry. And uh, she commented on it, so then I started following her, and I was like, fucking, this is a witch, proper witch life. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Kahaleen. Don't ask me how to spell it. Kahaleen is how she pronounces her name, anyway. All right. Kahaleen. We'll expose her, so that's yeah, the next Yeah, she's a witch lad. She's on TikTok, and I happen to love her content. Give her a follow. Um, vampires. 
Well, see, vampires. I, I do. I believe in vampires. I don't really. I mean, there's I werewolves. There's, I think there's a sect in America where they do. They have um, a couple of vampires and they actually suck each other's blood. But I think there's a <laughs> more, more mentalist <laughs> than, than anything. Yeah, I think the, I think Louis True did a little piece on them. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. just going around sucking each other's blood sucking each other's blood they have these kind of vampire parties where they kind of nick the uh, part of their body and they uh, take in their blood Jesus so yeah so that's, that's weird but I'm fascinated about the you brought up witches I'm fascinated about the witch trials I think the witch trials are very very fascinating uh, in Salem in Salem like back in the day back in the 1600s and 1800s uh, you wouldn't really practice magic because if you're seen as practicing magic I mean even basic sleight of hand you could have been seen as being in, um, in league with the devil you know, so I mean, it wouldn't have been a really uh, practiced art, and if w- if you were practicing it, it would have been in the I suppose hidden. You know, it wouldn't have been done out in the open. Uh, there's loads of theories why the Salem witch uh, witch trials uh, happened. Uh, actually, witch trials in general. I don't want to go into too much detail because it's kind of boring. You've about social political and all this and that. But the Salem witch trials, yeah, it all started with a couple of girls. They accused. Uh, but the first of all, they claimed they were possessed by the devil. And a couple of people were accused of bringing the devil into their lives. And it turned out in at the end of the trials, this was late, I think 1690s or something like that, uh, 25 people were killed. I think 19 were hung, uh, one was crushed to death, and five died in prison. I think overall, between the 200 years during these witch trials, while they were happening, almost 100,000 people died. 90% were women, 10% men over the age of 40. So a huge amount of deaths spanning from the Americas. Uh, I've actually seen a witch, a buried witch in Mexico a, c- a couple of years back, um, all the way up to England, Iceland, all over, all parts of the world. Crazy stuff. like. Colleen, if you're listening, get the fuck off TikTok. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't believe it, kind of. Uh, there was somebody who was who was killed as for, for accused of being a witch in Somalia, I think it was Somalia, um, September last year. What? Yeah, September last year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean... It's, uh, I mean but there's a, n- there's a new thing. There's a new vibe, though. There is a new vibe of, like, witches on... Like, like, uh, like I've come across it now an awful lot on social media. I'm not yeah. just mentioning this girl now, but, like, even I know there's, um, there's a couple of... Um, there's an influencer, um, uh, uh, Kyla Cobbler is her name, and she, d- I, I don't think she's a witch, but like she's into all this card magic and, um, you know, and incantations and spells. I think it's super cool. I yeah, think yeah. It's super, like it's blessings almost. You're putting almost yeah. kind of warding off. Um, but sure, I'm, f- I'm fascinated by it. I think there could be, so as far as I'm aware, it could be something to it. I'm just saying certain parts and regions in the world is still seen as uh, something negative with, with very bad connotations and, and completely misunderstood. Go to different parts of Africa, be, it'd be likely the same, you know. Somalia. Yeah, Somalia. Yeah. 20, tw- September 2020. Twenty, I believe, yeah, where somebody was killed. Different parts in the, I think, the Middle East as well. It's, it's uh, there's been certain executions as well. The gods, then, do you think they were around? Uh, the gods. Uh, <laughs> the only bit of knowledge I know on that, I was d- I'm working a show at the moment um, about Irish folklore mythology, and I was looking to the uh, Duadidanum. Um, yeah, there's a tribe of the goddess uh, uh, Um and I think, yeah, maybe they were seen as supernatural beings that lived underneath the earth. They came, uh, they could interact with the human world and interact with us. Um, pagan beliefs, uh, do I think they, they inhabited the earth back in the day, you're asking me? Um, I have no idea. I, l- I actually, fa- I, I'd love if they did, um, but it's very hard to know. I mean, earth scope and what we know in history, it's very limited, isn't it? There's a huge kind of gap of knowledge in the Middle Ages, and even before that, we're relying on texts. And even, even, the hi- even like in modern school now, there's like... Ma- Dylan, when he was in school, he had to choose like he had to choose between geography or history. Yeah, it's what a what a what a choice. Like we, we choose between uh, geography and history. Both of those are essential. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know? I don't I don't understand um, that. But then if you look at the history books, history is always written by the winners. Exactly, you know? like so, so it's very hard. I mean I am sort I'm sure there's certain civilizations that are completely erased by their yeah. by their conquerors. And, and the Germans like. won a few battles, you don't hear any of the fucking you know, bigging them up in World War Two, like <laughs> you don't know, but Or World War One as World well. They're yeah. just the bad guys all the time, aren't they? Just the bad guys all the time. Great movie actually, Glorious Bastards. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. We we I were just it. talking about him actually. If anybody's at home and the time to spare you should watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Although some people hate it with, uh, with a passion, I think it was. So that's a great way of kind of Fantastic. pimping it. You should watch this movie, but like a lot of people hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like uh, either love or hate. I personally love it. It's like the glory years of Hollywood back in the late 60s. For Once Upon a Time Hollywood. You heard it here first on Conversations with Cornelius. What I will say, though, they play uh, the Bruce Lee character to make a fool out of him, which I didn't like because I like Bruce Lee. But you were a fan of Bruce Lee? I like Bruce Lee, yeah. I read his uh, a book written about him way back in the day. Uh, I think it was written by Derek Jones or whatever. But yeah, that's the only thing I didn't really like. But look. So I want to just talk a little bit about um, like great, mugi- mu- I suppose great proponents of magic in all its uh, in all its ways. I don't want to talk about like specifically this guy was a great magician. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like I suppose the earliest memory that I have of and like full disclosure, we we were in um, we were in a, a double act, Supernatural Brothers, mind reading and mentalism. So um, I'm coming from a place of somewhat knowledge, but not as deep as yours. Um, so I want to talk about kind of at the start, like for me, it's Harry Houdini, but I think you, you were talking about, you're talking even about going back a little bit further than that. Yeah, the guy who inspired uh, Houdini was uh, Robert Houdin, uh, Jean Eugene Robert Houdin. So he was born in, uh, he was in, he's a Frenchman. Uh, very interesting character, born in the early 1800s. He didn't, he actually originated as, um, as a clockmaker, an apprentice watchmaker and stuff like that. He did his first show in Paris when he was 40, and I really liked that, so he followed his dream. 40. 40, like. I love that. And he, what he did Jeez. was, it was brilliant. And he it? was just a clockmaker up till then? Clockmaker up till then, he had a passion with magic, and it actually now, these days, he's known as the, the father of modern magic, so he had a huge impact in magic. What he did was, because at the time, magic was performed on... To kind of lower class people uh, in stalls, so maybe a couple, a handful of people at a time, whereas he brought magic to the stage. He got a financial backer, got this space in Paris, uh, performed his first show, which, by the way, was brutal, by all accounts. Uh, the illusions he did failed. <laughs> uh, he got so nervous, he stumbled his words, and uh, the reviews were, were terrible. Uh, he asked his friend his opinion. His friend said he should give up magic and uh, go back to the watch. best friend in the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> and so Pierre, come here, I have to ask you a question. It is a catastrophe here. Everything went bad. I mumbled my words. People were throwing apples and pears and tomatoes at me. Be honest with me, Pierre. Should I give up? You should, yeah. You should <laughs> give, <laughs> you give up, all I right. You're fucking you useless. You started rushing into the uh, French accent. <laughs> uh, but no, it didn't. Uh, I suppose as an act of um, defiance, he decided, no, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And he, uh, the illusions he came up with, uh, Carly, is fantastic. He just said, uh, take with his son, where he just uh, telepathy act, where like he'd go, his, his son would be in the stage, blindfolded. He would go into the crowd, he would grab an object from the crowd, and he would call to his son and ask him, "What am I holding?" The son would describe it. Some people then were some of the suspicious minds would uh, claim that he was using some sort of code. So instead of talking, what is this green thing <laughs> that crunches when you eat it? <laughs> <laughs> is it an apple, Papa? <laughs> it is an apple. Wow. <laughs> and he's the he's the father of modern magic. He's the father of modern. <laughs> no, but listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Uh, did he use the bell? Uh, so he was instead of uh, communicating via via talking to his son, he would just use a bell, and then he would get rid of the bell and literally just pick up the object from the crowd, and the son would uh, actually Unreal. describe it in intimate detail. He'd order other things that I could go into, but like I have to say, a good 
and there's very, f- in my opinion, there's very few like enthralling sh- like um, magic yeah. mentalist shows out there. But a fucking good one is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it has it all. The tension it has. There is the, the, that that little chink of. Is this magic? Yeah. You know, how the fuck did he know what I was holding up here? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So when we move on from him, I suppose more famously and probably more known than Houdin was the massively different in name Harry Houdini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, gained inspiration from Houdin. By the way, when Harry Houdini, when I was growing up, when I was small, I knew uh, Harry Houdini. But your kids know about Harry Houdini. Is it something kids, kids these days know? Well, I'd s- I, I don't know. Well, my two-year-old definitely doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and Harvey, if he's four, he definitely doesn't know either. When did they get a brain, the kids? Did they, did they, uh, they, did have they were born with brains. Born with brains. Yeah, the okay. both of them anyway. But no, we haven't looked into their skulls yet. <laughs> okay. But like, they're able to walk and everything, yeah, no, yeah. like, you know. What did you know about Harry Houdini? Like, I'm I trying did. to think back. Yeah, I when did. When you were like four, five, six, maybe? I'd say probably kind of came into my zeitgeist around when I started to wake up to the world somewhere between nine and 12. Oh, okay. You know? I'm just trying that's to recall that's my own That mind. would be for me anyway. And mm. like, I just remember him as um, stories, obviously, because like he was born in 1874. Um, so he wasn't around. <laughs> I wasn't around back then, you know? So, but I did find like little, you'd hear stories of other, normally what you'd hear is stories from magicians talking yeah. about a magician they knew yeah. who used to do. But then I've seen documentaries on him since and, uh, and, and like, I mean, some of the feats that he did. Like, he definitely, he was kind of the first, now, you know you're saying Houdin, but this probably the first really successful global magician superstar because he, he traveled to, 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 the, to mainland Europe and to mm-hmm. UK as well. Um, and he brought it onto the stage in a big, big way. Yeah, he was, a, you know what, or originally he, he actually was born, I think, t- two years before Houdin died, if I remember right. But anyway, what he, he, he initially started off as just a regular Joe Soap magician with an average technical skill. He was a trapeze artist as well. He was a trapeze, that's right, and a bit of a strong, he was actually yeah. quite, he was built like, he was actually... He, was he kind of reminds me of you, Small, because like, he like, was as obsessed with like working oh, out as well. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was absolutely f- a physical but that's specimen. That's exactly where a it physical ends. physical specimen. That's you know, right. Uh, <laughs> incredibly charismatic and fucking incredibly famous. But uh, he started off just with a carbon. No, he was just into his fitness. That's, <laughs> that's where it begins and ends. That's where the similarity begins and ends. No, he was brilliant with cards. He was known as a king of cards. No, I say brilliant. He was okay with cards. He was known as a king of cards. So his big break came when he met his manager, Beck. And uh, Beck uh, got him to focus more on the escapeology side of things, so he escaped mm. from handcuffs. So when he met Beck, he focused on that aspect of magic, that branch of magic, and began to perform the big uh, kind of Volvale circuit throughout the States. Uh, so he beca- got a name there. And eventually, I think between the I think 1900 and 1920, he was touring throughout the, uh, the UK and mainland Europe. I think his wage in, in 1900 was almost $10,000. Today, it's equivalent to $10,000. It's a huge sum of money. Like, T- like what? It was ten thousand dollars back then. No, well, no, it'd be the equivalent of ten thousand dollars now. So I think he was making maybe I don't know two thousand or something or whatever the, the, the rates are back then. A few quid. He was making a few. He quid. He was making a few quid now in fairs. He was challenged. I remember the first time, uh, read way back in the day, that he was challenged. Um, actually, he couldn't. Um, he couldn't get press when he went to England. Uh, so he was found it very hard to get any sort of promotion material. So he actually went uh, to the uh, Scotland Yard. And he went to those lads who handcuffed and escaped from the handcuffs and completely uh, kind of baffled them. 
they had no idea Did how he, he could bring press in for that. He he got press and after that then he became a huge name. That was the start of great yeah. things. You know, who's gonna escape from jail will get like people would be like, Oh wow. Huge. And huge. he was he was great for the straight jacket as well. Uh, yeah, that was, the straight that was under one of his big things. Huge things, yes. Uh, straight jacket. He used to just throw himself into rivers while um, bounded in shackles yeah. and straight jacket. And uh, you must remember back to the, I suppose, performing to people. There, it was a different era, a different sort of. People uh, were enthralled more with that type of stuff than like today. Now they'd be like, yeah, sure, fuck, does it? Handcuffs or handcuffs. There was a challenge he did for the Daily Mail, I think in 1904 or something like that, where they apparently they had these um, shackles or handcuffs. It took five years to make from a, a master um, locksmith. And uh, so the Harry Udidi, obviously, to get more press, he's, he said he's going to take on this challenge. So they performed it on stage to so 4,000 people in London. So 4,000 people watched him for an hour, for one hour, struggle to escape from these uh, these shackles. Could you imagine performing a piece for one hour now where you're just, all you're doing is sitting <laughs> on stage trying to escape, you know? <laughs> for four times. Like, there's no one. He's making things around the week. <laughs> I could do that, no bother. And just, sorry, lads, it didn't work today. Uh, didn't work today. There's loads of stuff about how he was given the key and if he was given the key and all, all sorts. It's, it's actually... It's, it's he more than likely was given the key. Like. They say it was slipped him by yeah. uh, his wife, Bess, with a kiss, but the key was like six inches long, so that's been disputed <laughs> outside of the house. French kiss. It could be French, <laughs> French or some people say a glass of water or whatever, but whatever. <laughs> Oh no! Um, I suppose when you're talking about Houdini, and we'll move on from you, I have to definitely talk about his death. And there's two kind of, like, uh, it was, it was, it's appendicitis is the is the is what they said he, yeah. he got, and then there's it was two sepsis, yeah, sepsis, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. From appendix, so it's not a yeah, I would say it was appendicitis. Uh, many people think uh, he got a belt um, um, off stage as a Canadian um, student burst into his restroom, <coughs> asked him about his belief in God or does he believe in God or what, or something along those lines. He was a religious nut, and then upon hearing Houdini's answer, which was probably negative, punched him in the gut. Now, Houdini used to perform this stunt on stage where he used to brace his core and he was able to take a multitude of blows because yeah. he was prepared, but obviously he wasn't prepared, so he got this blow in the stomach. And apparently this blow led to him because he was he didn't go to the hospital, didn't get checked up, he was getting pains in his stomach. But then again there was also I suppose There's rumours that he was poisoned by some spiritualists as well because exactly. he was a fierce debunker of um of spirituality. Exactly, yeah. It, because uh, ah, spirituality it's a funny old thing. They claimed he could speak with the dead in very popular post American Civil War and stuff like that. But he he was um he was a fellow who used to expose all sorts of uh the spiritual, especially when his mother died, he was he was mad to make contact with his mother and he went to a few spiritualists and these spiritualists oh. were obviously yeah. you know using chicanery that he knew completely he so could see straight through it. he could see straight through it and yeah. they're obviously taking advantage of other people so he made it his life's mission to yeah. uh to expose them to the he public was his, his mother was the love of his life yeah we'll move on from that bollocks now and we'll move on into the kind of we'll say the reasonably modern era and um, I suppose like we're talking about like magicians like Paul Daniels is what you call your s- your stereotypical oh, just like that pull a rabbit from a hat kind of a magician. Yeah, but cheese. He was still, but cheese. he still was really he still had some amazing things like. Oh, technically he was very good. Uh, te- magic circle guy. The magic magic circle guy. Yeah, that's uh, to give to become um, involved in magic circle. Ooh, that takes some great deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. subscription fee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he no, he was good. He was very good. <laughs> he he for me. I suppose he was a little bit cheesy, so as someone I could yeah. never really, um, he never really enthralled. He played me. up to the cheese. Really. He played up to the cheese, but he was extremely popular in the in the eighties. I think he was just long running TV oh show, prime time BBC, BBC show, yeah. and like like seven, five, six, seven million people watching every Saturday night. Like, and do you remember the Paul Daniels set? Like, yeah. he sure he must have sort of flogged Lord Rose. Oh, he 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 did all right for himself. Uh, I I always remember he he married then 
um, Debbie McGee, and <laughs> she was being interviewed on some British uh, um, f- uh, comedy panel, and they were like, Debbie McGee, what first attracted you to the millionaire Paul Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> she was 25 or 6, 21 years younger than him. Jesus. Um, but like, it was true love, though. If you ever saw the two of them ar- around each other, it was genuinely pure love. Like, she cared for him like so much. Definitely. For people who are sceptical, I would sure it lasted through thick and thin. It lasted through thick and thin. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, you can't, can't be disputed. No. And she always comes across well. Uh, I think she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, always yeah. comes across well. So I, for me, I think uh, they were a perfect partnership. Actually, yes. yeah, she was probably the best of the... We, we, we like her, Paul Daniels, not so not much. Not so much, yeah. no. Just like that. He was at the late so only maybe a decade ago or so, 15 years ago. He's definitely on there in the last hundred years. <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, kind of in just, I suppose maybe a little bit before Daniels, or maybe or maybe around the same era, probably the same era. Tommy Cooper kind of popped up and around the scene. Just slightly before, yeah, he was. He's his pump was in the, <coughs> I suppose, in the mid seventies, where he was uh, one of the most, I suppose, popular comedians in the <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of him? Just like that. <laughs> I fucking I tell you now uh, he made me laugh yeah and he's a comedian he's a comedian first and a, like a magician second although he was again in the magic circle he was in the uh, magic he circle he yes. paid up his subs there as well <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he, he's just an interesting character and what I like is I like people with stories and he came from a poor background he fought in World War One. he yeah. was in, uh, over in Egypt as well in the yeah. kind of the inglorious um, things but then he kind of got into entertainment over there he was a heavy drinker he was a womanizer um, he like he was grega- uh, he'd mental illness, but he was gregarious as well, and yep. he just made me laugh. And for like, I probably would have not been the nicest person to be around. Yeah, do you know, or to have in your life. He was kind of okay, yeah. But you could watch him with anyone, with uh, anyone in your family, could sit down and laugh at at. Like his stick was, he'd do five tricks. Four of them would all fucking end in disaster and then you'd be like waiting for the, the the most unbelievable one to end in disaster and he'd get it right and that's that was it and he had these little catchphrases just like that ah <laughs> uh, yeah I mean there's something definitely endearing and he was very relatable and I he mean, died on stage as well heart attack yeah but to people laughing yeah people laughing it's not a bad way to go but like I prefer to die on stage in my sleep to people laughing not a massive heart attack though yeah. ideally I don't want to feel any pain no. do you know what I mean so in my sleep Big audience around me, they're all laughing at a dream that I'm fucking having where I'm being classed. You're the star. And they're mm-hmm. live audience, ha ha ha. And then the doctor beside me, yeah, he's just gone there. And he's gone in sleep, peacefully in his sleep. And you're just uh, floating up into yeah. whatever. Yeah, in the ether, looking down, and they're all giving me kind of a come back, come back. Do all the same time, a standing ovation. Door. And I, ca- I come back into my body, <laughs> and I do another 10 minutes, and they, s- they sit and they're enjoying it. And <laughs> and then I just, I, off I go again then. Sure, that would be beautiful. And uh, then they call me back for one more, and I come back into my <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, get off the stage, mate. Tommy Cooper. So he was kind of a prop comic, died right. on stage. And brings us nicely onto the last guy that I want to talk about um, in this <coughs> segment. Are you all right, man? You no, I'm great, yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right, now. David Blaine. David Blaine, uh, what a performer, street performer. Uh, lucky enough to see him live at the Borgash Theatre. Uh, was it two years back, whatever he was here. He came to fame um, in the kind of MTV era. Mm. So what he did, he was kind of guerrilla-style street magic where he performed with uh, everything, everyday objects like cards, coins, uh, borrowed objects. But what he did, which was uh, super interesting and very different, he not only filmed the magic, but he filmed the reactions of the people watching his magic. I think so the people at home, not only would they see the magic, but they would see the, other, the people in the streets running, laughing, 
crying is some some kind of um, mm. instances, and the people used to, I suppose, they were feely after that. So that was kind of the new way of um, of recording magic, of he showing magic. He, there was no, he was, there was no cheese. But you were talking about uh, like Paul Daniels, where he'd be like, "Wow, just look at that." A bit know? of a, yeah, back in the 60s, 70s, eight, bit yeah. cheesy, bit cheesy. There was no, he made it ultra cool, like very cool. leather jacket, t-shirt. Yeah, he'd stand back, and then the the, the cameras would pan to maybe ten or twelve. Uh, like teenage girls or like six or seven guys professional basketball players and all sorts oh, it was brilliant it was it brilliant it was right in the late 90s as well it was kind of punk it was kind of rocking yeah it was really cool. he really burst onto the scene um, and what I like about him because like we're talking about Houdini who was kind of famous for you know he was a scapologist really that's what he was really world famous yep, for absolutely like, um, uh, Daniels was kind of like your stereotypical kind of like cheese cheesy rabbit in the hat kind of stuff yeah yeah Tommy Cooper was he's a comedian kind of get it right get it wrong kind Clinton of guy. Worlds, yeah we never really talked about David Copperfield who was like um like probably the m the we might talk about him uh, some other time but um fame like probably the the fa most famous illusionist on the planet uh, uh, to this very day to yeah. this very day but what what Blaine did w that none of those guys did was he was an he did extreme perform like he was a, an extreme performer performance artist like locking himself in like underground putting himself up into a box for 44 days with only like yeah. a glass box with only just water to survive on he lost 45 pounds people coming up throwing big macs at him <laughs> and bananas at him and it was like it's not magic but it is it's fucking interesting isn't well, it? like we said i saw him in that glass box i was living in london at that time and i went in with a girl that i was going out with at the time um cheap date it was free <laughs> and um uh we would just went into the seat. No, there was nothing really to look at. It was day 22. I mean, there's a man in the box. Just wasting away. Yeah, wasting away. But he was on every night, every night on, on the news in... in, in, in Primetime news. It was, it was BBC, Sky David News. David Blaine is still in the box. Hey. He's looking slightly thinner than he was this time last week. He's still there. <laughs> we'll be back again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was fantastic. And like, like you touched upon it, no cheese, no filler. He used to perform with a limited amount of words. So you used to let the magic and the reaction speak volumes. And like you said, the feats of endurance used to perform. Absolutely incredible. Obviously inspired hugely by Houdini. Houdini used to bury himself alive as well. And stuff like that. He did this, this trick um, or this, this, this feat uh, in New York. Um, and uh, Houdini's grandniece came to us and uh, where he buries himself he yeah. bur it's buried alive yeah and he's buried i think fucking nine feet underground and then there's like 300 gallons of water on top of the coven that's the, right the coffin that he's in. Yeah, yeah. and who and houdini apparently had always wanted to do that trick yeah, yeah this is this is only something that i actually read now in my research for this and she said wow david blaine did what my grand uncle never was able to do and i was like uh did like you know is that a quote? Like, you being misquoted there, <laughs> you know? Um, no, he was fantastic, though. Very, very brave and very athletic. Very just, uh, he definitely brought into the modern era. That's yeah. what I would say. And inspired a whole new kind of slew of different type of magicians and performers. Like, and, uh, you know. His style took off like diamond dynamos at that kind of racket now. And even the, yeah. the younger, cooler ones now. Although they're, they're still kind of geeks at heart, though. Yeah, I do. Like we always, like we mentioned previously, I think uh, anyone in the performance arts are probably usually lacking something, some sort of loneliness in you, some sort of looking for some sort of validation. I would, I would say. Uh, so yeah, maybe socially not great. You find a nice chunk of magicians. Uh, you see it in every aspect. I've I've come across a lot of magicians, whether that's online or whether in person, seeing their shows, and it does come across like you know you can you can notice a person who's fully socially aware and how that um, I suppose um, affects their yeah. 
yeah. or enhances their performance and say it's just a post of somebody who doesn't quite get it. It just relies on the uh, magic. I know we go into intimate detail of what is magic, the technical aspects of it, the proponents of it, uh, how many hours of discipline study you must put into it. Uh, but some guys just rely on that without having the charismatic skills or the social ability to, to enhance it and to make it more. Because at the end of the day, like we always say, you and I, we always discuss, it's the journey. The, with a magic trick, it can't be just the the climax that's it was that it that's it mm. you must make the journey from a to b super interesting and engaging mm. and then you're employing all sorts of different tactics like uh, like a, a physical misdirection verbal misdirection like i just give you an example when i first started off um, i used to do close-up magic with cards and i still do to a certain degree and um, i was learning this piece uh, i learned something a technical slate called the pass so it took me 18 months what the pass is is no gambler uh, gambling technique where you reverse the cut so let's say the queen of diamonds is in the center of the pack i'm going to try and bring it to the top without you noticing so the entire deck is is cut uh reverse without you noticing so my job was basically to do that in front of audience members uh without them uh, picking up on the on the movement so if i do my movement correct that's 18 months of continuous study i mean hours a day i'm not joking hours a day to learn the movement and if i do it right they never even see it so you never get a slap in the back now i had to combine that with other uh, feats like uh, I use my social skills and my misdirection skills. So what I used to do, perform a piece, whereas uh, I guess somebody signed a card, and uh, before straight after they signed the card, I would tell the audience, a group of whether twenty, fifty people, I'm going to. By the time this five, seven minute segment is up, I'm going to get the card in my mouth without anybody noticing. So I would employ that pa- past technique along with verbal, physical misdirection, along with my social chops to get the card in my mouth without ninety, ninety-five percent of the audience noticing. So for me, you know, some magicians are able to. I guess do stuff like that, but you need to have, I suppose, not just the technical aspect, but everything else that goes along with it. And I find that super fascinating. So it's not magic; it's not something you just you just buy. No, magic. So it's it's, it's a discipline. Study. It's a discipline. Study. It's art. It's like learning the guitar. Yeah. So, you know, my fingers were cramping. I used to even learn moves. I, I could go on about moves and moves and moves and uh, how disciplined you need to be. I've s- you gave me card books and stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to learn that. And then I'd open it up and I'd be like, nah. <laughs> it's like a lot of work. A lot of work for f- yeah. like dexterity and stuff like that. And I. And I venture to say a young man's game as well. Yeah, like, it's you know, it's like very lonely pursuit, kind of. But like, in, I love team sports, and you're involved with a team. But with magic, invariably, you're you're in your room, you're practicing uh, for hours, and there's no glory in that. You're learning a slight that may not never see the light of day. Yeah, you know, and if you do, you're not getting a goal that wins a match. You're no. actually just doing something so someone can't see you actually doing what you saying that you can do exactly yeah. so that's if you can show off the particular movement yeah. or whatever well, I actually did there also. <laughs> look, I, look there it is <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um great man thank you so much for coming on today's podcast as always fantastic guest very in thank you very much interesting conversation um guys if you if you're enjoying this podcast and if you'd like to help poor old connie clots out here uh please rate review and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts, particularly on iTunes. So it really helps me out. Um, it really, really does help me out. Um, tag me on Instagram or send me um, mails on Twitter or whatever, and I'll come back to you. I just love getting all the feedback, and it, uh, it's, it's very uplifting. Uh, if you're looking for me online, I am Cornelius the Comic at um, Corn- yeah, Cornelius Comic on, on TikTok and uh, Instagram and Comedian Con on Twitter. The mind guy actually isn't even on social media. He's that cool. He's too cool for school. I'm in the world. You're in the world. I'm in the world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I really, really do. And um, keep on trucking. Peace and love. <laughs>